he should be put away for the rest of his fucking life if not executed and i'm not pro i'm not pro death penalty generally but Hi there, and welcome to Hav and Charles Talk Comics. I am one of your hosts, Charles Herring, and I am here with my friend Javier Gonzalez, who is also one of our hosts. So there's two hosts, which is evidently not that rare in podcasting, but we do a different thing than a lot of podcasts is we don't really have many guests. And when we do, we don't interview them or anything. We just let them talk incessantly like the well, actually not incessantly. He let us talk incessantly, which is good because we had a bonus pod that dropped in place of this one, which is dropping two weeks afterwards. feel like I'm talking rambling, but I am, so bear with me. It's going nowhere. Caesar was on with us last week. He is not on with us now. We do not have a guest. We're going to go back to our old format and talk about comics that I suggested. Well, a comic that I suggested and two comics because Hav evidently feels I am not punished enough that he went back to the 80s. So he made me read two separate comics from the 80s for this podcast. Oh, hi, Hav. It's good to see you here. Uh, how are you? Hey, Charles. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Caesar, for uh, being on with us last time. That was a lot of fun. We talked about some movies and now we're back to where I suggest comic books that Charles didn't read apparently back in the 80s that he is going to poo-poo on. And he suggests things from more than likely this millennia that generally are pretty good, quite frankly. And and then hijinks and two when we talk about them. So um, how are you doing, Charles? I'm doing great. In fairness, I am not going to overly poo-poo them. They are, of course, of their time. And one of them was actually kind of good for something of its time. And now yeah. I... Do you want to just jump in? Yeah, well, I mean... Okay, well, well, we can talk about... But Hav suggested... Well, I suggested we talk about Runaways, which is a comic that we will talk about at the end of the podcast or the second half of the podcast because we tend to go in chronological order of when they were when they were written. And obviously, more often than not, Hav's are older than mine. Correct. And, and he uh, suggested... Run- we, go ahead. Well, I was going to say your Runaways, I was confused because I started trying to read this biography about the, the all-female band in the late 70s. So you did uh, finish it, right? Because that's what I was talking about. I I finished the whole darn thing. It well, was, that's good. it was torrid. It is a bit of a it is a bit of a different thing for our podcast to go into a, an actual prose book, and that Hav actually read a book. I think is showing growth. But uh, no, I did actually mean the comic book in the first six episodes of that episodes. Hey, awesome, nice, yes, nice. It has hasn't happened in a while, but leave it alone. Leave it alone. All right. I couldn't I couldn't help it. And and funny enough about okay, so haha, I'm trying to be funny. Uh and the keyword there being try. There is a comic book tie-in to the runaways, the band. Oh, to is comic it? books because because their song Cherry Bomb was used prominently in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and their big they're getting together to go kick some ass scene. Yeah. It's so, actually I just, been, uh, I, just, I think it's been in more than one comic book movie. I think I've seen it again recently. There you go. And so. I would, I, anywho, Hobbes suggested, okay. Hobbes suggested we read, a, the first thing he suggested was Avengers versus X-Men, which is a four episode arc. Fuck me. It is a four, 
four issue arc that they ran, which it actually was a mini series. It was its own thing. Yeah. Lim- four limited series. Limited series, four issues. And then he also, after that, he's like, it's only four issues. So let's read also Fantastic Four versus X Men, which I actually like. And, and cr- chronologically, in fact, Fantastic Four came out a few months before X Men versus. Fantastic Four versus X-Men came out a few months before X-Men versus Avengers. I found that so. out because I read it in the opposite order, and <laughs> it didn't matter. But it was no. glaringly obvious because actually Fantastic Four versus X-Men comes out right after the horrible mutant massacre thing. Right, 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 right. And, and I mean horrible in every way. One, it was really bad because they killed a lot of mutants in it, and horrible because it also wasn't very good. Ooh, that hurts. Callback burn. Ooh. So, yes. So, February 1987, Fantastic Four versus X-Men, which they... Okay, the limited series in the 80s was a big deal. The four-issue limited series, the six-issue, you get the 12-issue with, like, Secret Wars and the unfortunate Secret Wars 2, and you get Perm, Beyonder, and the onesie. But... So this was a big deal, and also a big deal, I felt like, because, oh my god, Fantastic Four and X-Men in the same comic book for four issues? Yes, please. I have to get that. Are you kidding me? And yeah, you're right. It's coming off right after Mutant Massacre, and look, let me just, uh, I'll say, I I suggested it because I remembered it fondly, and for sure, X-Men versus, or Fantastic Four versus X-Men, let me just ask you off the bat, what'd what'd you think, just generally? I think you already kind of said your Fantastic Four versus. Fantastic Four versus X-Men I really like. Cool. Uh, other than certain issues that I have with pretty much every comic book from its time, a, everything could have been settled a, a lot easier if they just had a frank conversation instead of immediately fighting. There was way too much dense text. I mean, it was all talky, 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 talky about why they weren't talking and they were fi- exposition, exposition, exposition were just a little too much. I really liked Franklin, the... Mr. Fantastic and Mrs. Fantastic's child being the thread, almost the ghost in the machine since he astrally projects himself. I thought that really worked. It really hung everything together. A lot of it had to do with Kitty Pride, who I was worried about because I thought she was going to die, even though I've read like literally hundreds of comics well after this where she's perfectly fine, but she was discorporating and they had no way to save her. And it was all about that. I did I did see the clear reason of what happened with the journal way beforehand and I suspect even in junior high or what it, what year did it come out 87 87 even in junior high I would have seen that coming uh, it was a glaringly obvious what happened there kind of thing especially with everything else going on but overall I thought it was a very well written it really works. It would be something that you could take this this premise right here and write a four issue limited series currently and make it. It'd be a little more smooth, streamlined, but it would it would very much work again. So, no, that, that's what well, I thought cool. about. I'm glad, that. I, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. And and speaking of the talkie talkie and the large exposition written word, this was written by the one and only X Men, long X Men scribe. Chris Claremont, who okay. is known and notorious for lots of thought bubbles, lots of 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 just big, long written passages, to a point where I know it's been like there was a comic book in the eighties called What the, 
where I think they would make fun where the words would just crowd out all the panel. And so that the, <laughs> the panel was like 90% words and like the little bottom right corner would be like a little stick figure or something. I, I seem to remember that. But so Chris Claremont, the art was by John Bogdanov, as how I'm going to say that. And, and inker Terry Austin, Terry Austin, a longtime inker on the X-Men run when Claremont, uh, was a writer, and then he had a series of really good artists on his run on X-Men, starting with John Byrne, and then you get John Romita Jr., and then you get uh, Alan Silvestri, uh, Mark Silvestri, sorry, at, at one point. So, anyways, so yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I liked it. Speaking of, one more thing since you talked about it, the comic book trope, heroes get together, it's just like dog sniffing butts. When they, when they see each other, they don't sniff butts, they fight. Mm-hmm. If, if you get two superheroes or two superhero teams in a room or in a area, they, they got to throw down. It's just, just comic book trope number 39, especially from back then. So it's, yeah, it's, um, Mar- it's Marvel comic book trope number one. I think that's fair. I, um, it, oh, it, it is, it, it is yeah. it literally happens every single time. And, or at least it did back then. I don't think it happens quite so much. There's a little more talking nowadays before they get into it but one of them is you just won't understand take two seconds take two seconds why are you chasing that person they just murdered that other person oh okay quick let's go get them i yeah and then it's all about trust well i don't trust you i i mean sure one time i mean it's the whole captain america thing in the other one well i mean they've i've i've never thought they were bad but maybe i was wrong now because just because we attacked them they attacked us back anyway right couple of things from this comic book the fantastic four x-men one why did he keep ex- why, why did he keep ripping clothes off the women you mean the artist no well no i'm pretty sure the writer had that decision did claremont like to have clothes explode off of his i, I don't know okay so i didn't even i didn't even one, notice that i guess one sue storm gets angry because of what goes what, what happens is they she finds a journal cleaning out old stuff franklin has a nightmare while he's having a nightmare and the nightmare is about his father basically killing all of the a bunch of people and becoming dr doom and the magic the 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 and opening the book and the book is an old journal of his father's he wakes up and tells his mother and she finds this journal well she ends up reading it and crux of it in it it talks about how he made the ship in order to absorb the cosmic race to turn all of them into superheroes because looking past seeing mutants going on seeing what was going on in the world he decided they needed a superhero team to combat what could happen and that's why everybody's angry but she is so angry she goes in another room and she explodes a shield in rage and it blows her clothes off yeah i mean hey did they like to get women in their skivvies back then? Sure. I don't think that's changed. Okay. I'm not done. Okay. In the third or fourth issue, Rogue, and by the way, all she has to do is touch someone skin to skin. Why does she keep forcing a kiss on these men? Anyway. She likes intimacy, so this is yeah, how she Yeah, that's I don't know. non-consensual. I I'm going to know. suck your life force out of you while I... Anyway. While I kiss you unconsensually, non-consensually, unconsensually. So she takes Johnny Storm's powers. So she is in her a, a flame yeah. and she says, oh, burns I, her clothes. yes, burns her clothes right off. 
So immediately as she's flying around doing this, Sue Storm puts her in a bubble. She burns off all the oxygen, and now she's just in a bubble naked. Yes, she is. And well, they and then she's she's flying her around. Just it. I don't know. I I, I know. just I, well, I it was just rather what. I know. I know. It was definitely so there, a choice that uh, was odd, especially you, especially Sue Storm blowing her clothes off with I her force field power with her force field power i i that one literally was just hey here's Sue storm naked even though we don't get to see anything which makes sense yeah. but still i come on yeah okay so you alluded to this so the whole premise of this right after me to massacre or in me to massacre shadow cat aka Catherine kitty pride is critically wounded by i forget who to the point where she, you know her whole thing is she can phase through walls anything and she now she can't regain a solid state. And not only that, because of her injuries or how she was injured, her, her she's dissipating. She, she she's going to lose cohesion, and uh, they are at their wits' end. They've gone to Moira McTaggart in Moira? Ireland, Scotland. Mo- Moira Moira McTaggart. Sorry, Moira? I know. I think that's it. What did I say? I don't know. I'm okay. sure you said so, it right. So, Moira McTaggart is uh, is a well known mutant researcher. is it, is a well known like, mutant researcher and yeah, and, she, uh, she's like the lady from Gorillas in the Mist. Yes, but she, well, yeah. Except, well, okay. <laughs> she, <laughs> and and she she's studies, a longtime friend she, and ally. She studies mutants. Yes, but she, not in a. She lives among them and studies them. <laughs> Uh, not in a bad, mean, super villain way like others have. She's nice. She's a good. She's she's one of the good ones, Charles. So there are they no. Decide, hey, they're not called Homo Inferior. Homo Inferiors. There are no good ones. Oh wait, that's yeah, we'll not. We'll get to that. No, it's Homo we'll Superior. Get to that in a I'm second. sorry. The, uh, that's in the next comic book when we talk about people thinking they're better than everybody else. That's America. So USA. The X-Men reach out to Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, and that's and then you talked about them cleaning out something. They find the book. In the book, he talks about how there's a need to, to the point where it's very obvious from reading that book, it looks like Franklin Richards wanted them to go up to get superpowers. He knew it was going to happen. He didn't warn them. In fact, he f- encouraged it so that they could get superpowered because he knew what was coming and wanted to be powered. And then, of course, that pisses everybody off. Really, the mo I mean, yeah, Sue, his wife, but, you know, Ben Grimm is stuck in Rocky, you know, person, you know, in his, in his, th- the thing, you know, body forever. And he's a little, he's a little peeved. So uh, that's that whole dynamic. And then you got, and oh, and this cause, and then Frank, of course, Dr. Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic kind of doesn't remember and he's having some self doubt. So he's second guessing everything and he doesn't know if he can help Kitty because he's second guessing himself. And then who comes to the rescue? None other than Dr. Doom. Well, says, I, that's after I will succeed where Reed Richards has failed. That, yes, because he, did you, you, you went over that he refused to save her life? Well, he's having the self doubt, and, yeah. and yeah, and then he 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 says, "No, I'm not going to do it." And you know, then there's some interesting things where Rogue is 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 again saying, "Well, let me just grab him and kiss him, and I'll absorb all his knowledge, 
and we'll we'll fix her and they're like no it's just i don't know how how does do, do they reach out to dr doom i think they do no dr doom just appears okay well there you go okay well so you know because he's dr victor von doom and then more hijinks ensue because then you get to see a, a, a kind of defeated self-doubting reed richards does decide to try to help out and and then you see the real okay the, the big takeaway for me rereading this too and what i remember from back then the super sweet story about franklin in his astral form palling around becoming friends with kitty pride and it's it's a very sweet i mean he's worried about his parents of course and he's also worried about this person uh because he see oh because his his powers at this point and Franklin Richards has had all sorts of powers. He's he's fairly young. He's a member of Power Pack at this point. He can project himself when he's sleeping and sees into the future in his dreams. And his 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 nickname or code name is Tattletale at this point. And I don't remember. I mean, I don't know why, but maybe he talks too much. I forget. But but yeah. So he's he's astrally projecting. In fact, he never leaves the Baxter Building or wherever they're headquartered at that time. I don't think if he does. I, I don't remember. Maybe maybe at the end, but I don't even think so. So he's hanging out with with Kitty Pride, and and then uh, you know, the rest of the story plays out. I I just really like that interaction and that story between their their friendship between Franklin and Kitty. Okay, I did too. It was an incredibly sweet. The picture stories are sweet. It was particularly sweet when she could not. She had reached a point where she couldn't talk, and so she had thought bubbles, and then Franklin was talking to her and telling trying to tell her a story his dad had told him but he can't really tell it because it's a saggy baggy elephant story and his dad does stuff with his fingers and in her head she's like well of course you can't he's and he's saying the story is not as good i can't she's like in her head of course not because your dad can do all sorts of things it was it was adorable and then psylocke merges their their brains together not merges yeah. but allows them to be able to communicate through her telepathically it it, it yeah. really it really is nice and they're going to be friends and that's great and they brought up power pack or at least his mom brought up power pack at some point that she's glad that she ha- he has he has friends was it you that told me this or did i read this somewhere that some people think him with his latent powers that i mean he is uber powerful they just don't know it yet that he created the whole power pack family or at least imbued them with powers so he would have powered playmates i didn't tell you that if that's a okay. that's that's got to be a retcon because i know their no, origin no, no. back then was no, no. okay it's a theory it's not oh, a, okay it is not a marvel thing it was a theory i saw floating around no that wasn't me which is uh, actually oh that that wouldn't be a retcon they might have a they might have a whatever and that didn't even have to be a retcon you could just say ha 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 all along it was franklin and yeah, we'll find I mean, that out later when he's mourning their death because they got killed because of their... Oh, man, I'm going to write this now. <laughs> <laughs> One other really touching, really important moment in this is when, you know, Kitty is not doing well. And she doesn't want the X-Men to have to, you know, trade whatever they're going to have to trade with Victor Von Doom. So she leaves her little... She's in like in a containment cha- chamber that's helping her, you know, hold her whatever she has left of staying cohesive although in a ghost-like state yeah she, she leaves it she, she like goes, she like yeah. every everything else in this comic book is locked every other woman she is locked in a cage naked right uh, but smoke smoky is yes. smoky, know, kind of smoke but, of her, but still but yes na- but nakers and she she decides she's going to die by suicide 
and she's going out right before the sunset or as the sun is or sunrise and Franklin sees her and of course he's just like please don't and she's crying and then she comes back in you know it was again one of those just like oh okay that was kind of really heavy and touching and yeah anyway I liked again I liked it but so I uh, oh, and then the the book, real fast. You mentioned it already. You probably you saw it coming a mile away. I I don't remember if I did back then or not. I, it's only four issues, but of course, I guess I'm going to spoil it. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You find out Doctor Doom planted this way back when, and just was waiting for the Easter egg to reveal itself, or whatever you want to call it. And they even they even give that kind of part away because he realizes you you see him realizing I'm going to win either way, and that's because he knows he. He knows what he did, and everyone it, everyone comes to that conclusion before even Reed Richards, because I don't think he ever acknowledges that it was that in his head. But because they go back and forth about, oh well, if if they just Psylocke can read his mind and know if he did it or if it was planted, and then he'll know for sure. Honestly, that was that was the biggest weak link for me in this. I I did. I did like that he was correct again that there was something wrong with what they were doing and why it wouldn't work because that's why he originally said no not necessarily because of doubt or anything there was just something in his head that said it's not going to work and he could not figure out what it was he wasn't thinking about it so he's not going to do it because he thought it would go wrong so when they get there and start doing it something goes yeah. wrong it's a something neither he nor Doom took a, took account for and they are able he is able it's all about the calculations and it won't calculate right because of something to go in with her particular physiology which is obviously kind of weird what with being a mutant that phases through things so right. he says what's gonna what causes his break is he says well he'll just have to do the calculations himself in his head quickly and that makes doom go you can't possibly do that i can't do that it sends him down the shame spiral of doubt on all this other stuff and then he does it and they're going to save her and hooray a happy ending right and okay nitpick or you know i i'm not nitpicking uh, no, it was good well i know an issue i the one one hot issue uh, a problem i did have for being so smart sometimes mr fantastic is pretty dumb and for i think even at the end of this correct me if i'm wrong charles i've i've just reread it the one time here and it was God, a week or two ago. Even at the end, it's not clear that Reed really acknowledges that Victor planted that. Now, Sue figures it out and confronts... Sue Sue confronted him, and he wouldn't admit it, but his not admitting it is him admitting it. To Doom. Yeah, no. I know. Yeah. No. I, I... I alluded to that just a few minutes ago. Right. That Reed has never... He doesn't seem to have acknowledged that it was Doom, which is glaringly obvious. Right. But but he um, also at times seems to think that well Doom and I will just finally because at one point they weren't friends but they were intellectual peers so they were able to talk and do that until again they are two sides of the same coin so if you have Doom who can never admit to making a mistake then you're going to have Reed who a lot of times is going to think that he is poss- it's possible for him to make mistakes because it's possible for all of us to make mistakes mistakes so but Doom is perfect in Doom's mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And likes to refer to himself in the third person just a little bit. That's why the, I use Doom. Yeah. The, oh, the other the other thing about Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, again, for being so smart. Now, put the, put the book aside. You didn't know about the gamma rays back then when you launched into space? And, Cosmic and, rays. 
Sorry, what did I say? Good grief, gamma rays. I mean, Uh come on. It's like you've never read a comic book. Don't you know every particular superhero is changed by a different type of ray or serum or spider bite? So, and has there ever been a microwave superhero? And what would they be? Like, what would their powers be? Hot. Hot pocket. Hot. Hot pocket. Hot pocket. Yeah, anyways. Okay, but no, uh, overall, yes. I liked it. And you're right. It was very nice. Beginning, middle, end. Boom. Again, you're out. Four issues. I don't think it could. I don't I don't know that it could have been much shorter. I don't think it needed to be any longer. It, I it, think they did I, good. I, yes, they, they sat down and they did a really good job on a limited series without extending it to six or eight issues that they did not need now, just speak- to have a longer amount. Now, speaking of a miniseries or a limited series in comic books where they just went off the rails i also suggested they 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 if, they, they started off the rails uh, okay well so then so this comes out x uh, fantastic four versus x-men comes out february 87 march 87 which maybe they overlapped a little bit i don't know oh, april sorry april 87 you get x-men versus the avengers and i, I i'm pretty sure i know you, what your take's going to be let, let me just say I like the way it started. You're wrong. I I like I like the artist Mark Silvestri who would go on to do Witchblade and Cyberforce for Image in the in the early 90s. It's written by Mark Roger Stern, my favorite Avengers writer, and it's it's by them two issues one through three. And I don't know if you noticed this issue four. You get a different writer. You get Jim Shooter, the editor in chief, plotting it, and you get a different artist. And I've read enough about this to know that somewhere early on, there was a difference of opinion about where this thing should go and to the point where they switched stuff up in the middle. And I, I don't know if Roger Stern and Mark Silvestri walked or how that happens when you're in a company like that. But so the premise is the X-Men are just hanging out and Magneto's now a part of them. Part of his asteroid M, his floating, Citadel. orbiting, yeah, thing in space crashes somewhere in Russia, the USSR at this point, and he wants to go get it. The Avengers also want to go get it or get him, and then so do the Russians, and hijinks ensue. Fair? I mean, is that how it starts, sure, essentially? that's exactly how it starts. Magneto wants to get it because there's some technology in there that he wants to use. We find out later that what he wants to use it for is to manipulate his helmet in a way so he can use his mag- magnetism powers to remove all hatred of mutants from and all types of bias from humanity. Everywhere. Everywhere. Because mind rape is a thing that just goes on in comics. And I don't... Especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, Marvel likes the mind rape. I mean, in Squadron fairness, Supreme, so does, right? Yeah. So does, so does D- DC. They all like the mind rape. Although... Yeah. I, 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 do, I did like uh, Captain America's comment on it later. It's people have the right to their beliefs, even if they're a bigot. And I, 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 they, they do. They also have, we also have the right to ostracize them for their bigotry. Unfortunately, now we're going to have their bigotry thrust upon... Anyway, sorry. It's- yeah, no, you know what? That, that makes it timely because, I mean, even to this day, you get people that, A, want to talk all this nonsense about 
whether they're anti-trans or, or, or LGBTQ, anti-LGBTQ, want to take away women's or have taken away, and at least in some states, including our state of Texas, women's right to, 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 to control what happens with their body. And, but then when there's consequences for them being assholes, they talk about cancel culture. And it's just called, you know, there's action, reaction. There are consequences right. for the shit you say. Fuck and around they and are find besides out. themselves. Right, and they're besides them. What do you mean I can lose business because of this? What do you mean you you, you can't criticize? Yeah, we can criticize you. We can decide to take our business elsewhere. Uh, we can ostracize you. We can call you out on it, uh, just like you can. And ha- you know, say that all people that get abortions are baby killers. Well, guess what? That's not true, and you're a dick. And we get to say that back to you. So, anyways, sorry. Okay, and that's my my uh, my. Uh, moment on my soapbox for today because i'm all sorts of riled up about stuff going on uh we're recording this on the july 4th weekend and it's just been a i I can't read the news right now charles i i I, the most i can do is watch seth meyers we watch we record it from the night before and watch the next day and it's everything i have to muster just to get through watching seth meyers in a closer look which i love his show he's to me the new john stewart in large measure I, i know there's a trevor daly on the daily show but I like Seth Meyers. But anyways, thoughts about... Now, you you did like it, I don't think, from the beginning. And please tell me why. Oh, I just wanted to say that that last segment was brought to you by the Public Library. The Public Library, where you can find all you need to know about how to get an abortion when it's illegal in your state. The Public Library. It's free, yo. Yay, socialism. Public Library. Stop calling it socialism or they'll get rid of the Public Library. I know, right? And well, they, no. Well, then they should get rid of their of their Medicare and Medicaid. And, uh, settle and all, down, they they, all... dude. Dude, the sign during Obamacare was "Keep your damn socialist hands off my Medicare." That was a literal protest sign about it. The ignorance is shocking sometimes. Yep, and I uh, I loved when people tried to say, "Oh no, they were being they they were saying that they, no, they were a fucking moron." That's what it was. It was it was an old guy. Who had so who who had his socialist healthcare and he knew it was awesome and he didn't know it was socialist healthcare. Yeah, because why would he? You know? No, he wouldn't because he liked it. Therefore, it could not be that bad thing. Right, 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 right. So yeah. Now and look, I like I said, I felt like this started out really strong. I don't know about when do do you remember in this miniseries, limited series? I keep on saying miniseries like it's like a TV miniseries, limited series. When they reveal what the tech actually is, I feel like it's a fair amount into the story, if not issue two or three. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's it's a it's a long way into it. Look, the, they he goes into a country. Here's my big problem. Forget what goes on. That's dumb. My big problem with this is the X Men are stopping trying to stop first. First, they're trying to stop the Russians from no. The Russians are going to get Magneto to punish him for murdering an enormous number of, I'm sorry, the Soviets are going to, because the Soviet Union was still a thing, are going to get Magneto and punish him for murdering lots of Soviet citizens. One sinking a submarine, another creating a volcano that murdered a bunch of their people, and they're going to take him back and execute him. Basically without a trial, but you know what? Okay justified the avengers are going to get him to stop him from being executed without a trial and take him to the world court to be put on trial which you know what the x-men were fucking wrong through this entire thing he should stand trial he should be put away for the rest of his fucking life if not executed and i'm not pro i'm not pro death penalty generally but 
we don't have, oh, God help us, we don't have people so fucking powerful that they can break out of almost any anything at some point and cause just unimaginable harm. And if they are people that are going to cause unimaginable harm, and they have caused unimaginable, not, not pre-judging, but if they have and continue to cause unimaginable harm, there might be only one way to deal with that. It goes back on. It goes back to my biggest problem with Superman comics, and they do this all the time in er, almost every Superman thing. Is the self righteous bullshit when they decide that Superman is going to have a problem because the government has fucking kryptonite, and he'll yeah. say things like, "Well, it can kill me, dude. If you sneeze and don't cover it, you'll kill everybody in the goddamn room." Of course, we have kryptonite. What if you turn evil? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that with the Homelander in the Boys. The Homelander has no kryptonite. Yeah. So he can no. do whatever the fuck he wants whenever the fuck he wants it. So you're damn right if there is a world where Superman exists, even if he's a good guy, and there is a one thing that can slow him down and even could possibly kill him, yes, the government should keep that just in case. No, I, I got you. Oh, God, I, I sound like an authoritarian there, but fuck it. Look, so the story... I, I, God, I, and I'm trying to sound, sound like an apologist for the story. You I should, just think you should apologize. It's your fault. I I think yeah, well, I think, it's your fault. I, think I had to read it. I think it started strong, and I'm wondering where was it going to go had Roger Stern stayed on it. I can't help but think because the last issue, man, it's just a tough. I mean, it's all in a courtroom, huh. and. You, you didn't like it because of that? Shit. No, because man. because she Hulk she Hulk really liked it. Wait a minute yeah, she, though, I gotta. Go ahead. Wasn't she talking about? They can't have. They happened in different orders because during FF, the Fantastic Four, when she Hulk is in that, which I love because she used to be a member before she went back to the Avengers. Uh, the Fantastic Four wasn't she talking about the trial she, that he had and that she was going to be on a mock uh, a, a mock trial redoing the court. The the world court or were they? I thought it was. Or is that the I thought it was a one? what if. I thought it was a what if that they they had tried him in absentia. Oh, because they did. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe it was that because they had tried him before, and then they decided that he didn't. The dumbest, dumbest fucking thing. Dumbest fucking thing. At some point, evidently, the reason he's part of this is he was converted back to an infant, and now he's back to being an adult somehow. And because he was an infant, none of his crimes before could they punish him for. What the fuck? He's back to being exactly who he was with all his memories and all his same feelings, and so he can't be punished. I fucking comic book law. I I tell you. It's worse than TV law. It's the old. It, this is the uh, the hybrid uh, of the uh, Chewbacca defense from South Park. This is the the I was I was regressive babyhood defense that's rarely seen in in courtrooms nowadays. But it, when it I, works, I it works no well. I have no idea what you're talking. Is that actually a thing? The Chewbacca defense. No, it's yeah, just in South Park. South, I'm talking. Park. Is it based on a real thing? No, of course okay. not. It's just okay. it's just hilarious. Yeah, but but this came out before. I know. The, the South, you, you do know South Park is 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 ungodly recent compared to the things you suggest we read. I know. And, and South Park is old. I know. I, you know what? It's been out for a remark. God and Simpsons has been. Uh, Simpsons was out back 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 when I suggested this because yeah. it's been on forever. No, the Simpsons was not out in eighty seven. Uh, I'm. It was Fox came into being in the late eighties, dude. I understand when Fox came in. Okay, now you're going to hear me typing. I know it was a, it was a short on uh, the Tracy Ullman show. Yes, it was. And I am taking that to mean the cartoon, not when Tracy Ullman came out. So right, right, right. I'm no, hedging right. my bets. Ha! You know what? It's a good call on your part. 
Yeah, well, Tracy Ullman came. It came out April of '87 on the yeah. Tracy Ullman show, and then it came, became a show in '89. So, too, well done, sir. Well, I was just in my head. I was not to not to put a caveat on it, but I I was responding to the the Simpsons has been going on so long. But what you were talking about that's still going on is the Simpsons television program. Because the Simpsons shorts and the Simpsons television program are very far apart. It is a basic of a basis of an idea. Anywho. Yeah. Um, the shorts were completely different than what actually turned into the Simpsons. Yeah. They were a lot different. There, there was some um, stuff, but yeah, it, it they had, I, I loved the shorts. They were great. I see why they decided to turn it into a TV show. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So let's talk about Jim Shooter. I don't know that much about him. I do know. So good. I do Please. know that he was instrumental in... That which you brought up, the Beyonder thing. Secret Secret Wars was his idea. Right. And he actually wrote it. Correct. And that miniseries was garbage. Okay. Come on, say it. I, I liked it when it came out. I'll leave it at that. Dude, if you read it when it came out, you weren't you could barely read. I mean, it did... 85? No, it came out before then, 84? didn't it? Didn't it? Uh-oh. It was, it was in the 80s. It I know was, it was in the 80s. I thought it was earlier than that. I'm going to say, because it was around the same time as um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Let's take a look-see. Well, something said 1984 right there, so you're you're close enough to write. April, yeah, May 84 to April 85. Okay, closest. Good, well done. Well done. Yay me. I thought that was for that. I, maybe I don't know how years work. You don't know how numbers work. I keep expecting you to suggest it. What? The original Secret Wars. Nah, I, I got other stuff that I want to reread before I get to that. Because, oh, so Jim Shooter, dri- Driving Force, because, I, I th- look, I haven't done it. I know there's some pretty good biographies of Jim well, the, Shooter, some the, by him, some by others. The reason, then it's an autobiography, uh, the, reason, yeah. the reason he wanted to do it was wise from a, hey, let's let's make money was it was let's put everyone all of these people together in an event where we can then sell lots of toys and we can sell lots of comic books it it was it was smart i just didn't it was everything that was wrong with 80s comics well and 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 i loved it at the time and then this when secret wars really spawned for you have the secret wars thing coming out back in early 80s then you have the the first really multi-title summer spring to summer to fall crossover with mutant massacre which turned into a thing now they do every single year seemingly oh yeah and both marvel and dc where you have these overarching you know plots that are going from title to title back then it was novel you know mutant massacre then you had then a few issues later you know in in the x-books you had follow the mutants and then you had inferno which of course i loved all that stuff jim shooter to his credit was the editor-in-chief and was the one pulling you know guiding Mm -hmm. The editors and the writers and and all that. Now, the other thing, it's my understanding is, and again, haven't read about this in a while, so I probably should have done a little bit of, you know, internet research, but apparently kind of Taskmaster. Taskmaster. No uh, pun intended about the comic book character. Is that a pun? I don't know. I don't know words. Is that ironic? So, maybe? Is it facetious? Is it is it like rain on your wedding day? Am I just an asshole? Don't answer that. I'm not going to touch that. (laughs) So... uh, I just I've read enough that there was you know he'd have run-ins with that with with other editors with with creators with writers and 
Yeah, and and and, to, and one of the things, and and I don't know if it was from him or the, uh, for example, Roger Stern, my favorite. I think I've said probably on here. I don't know if I have or not. My favorite Avengers writer, of course, that was in my wheelhouse when he was writing Avengers. He was writing it for many issues with John Buscema as as the uh, artist and Tom Palmer as the inker. And I, I've mentioned it before because when we we have read the Avengers from back then, he did this great job of making Monica Rambeau, who at the time had the moniker. Captain Marvel, building her up to the point she's super powered. I mean, she's more she's one of the most powerful supers in the Marvel universe at this point because of her power set. And you can, and, but then he, you could really tell that going on. I I did like how he used her in this four issue arc. Yeah, I she she was instrumental in it, and he used her power as well. And she could she could take she can take Magneto, who is just this massively powered person. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and but so he does this great job. So to the building her up. Well, I think introducing her, then building her up, it, to the point where she's the chairperson leader of the of the Avengers. And then it comes down. My understanding from editorial that they want to break her down yeah. and make her look inept. And then you have the whole thing with Dr. Druid at the end, which I never understood who had such a love interest or not love, who had such a hard on for, for Dr. Druid back then that they make him a big bad guy, but for some reason need to make Monica Rambeau seem inept to the point where it's my understanding, Roger Stern said, screw you guys, I'm going home and left kind of unceremoniously right before they were going to hit like issue a big i think it was issue 300 or something mm -hmm. they were building up to that and he was like nope i'm out of here and then you have a weird some weird lineups but all that to say is jim shooter i'm looking at this when i saw that he co-plotted the last issue i was like okay somebody roger stern and him in in ed editorial got into it and roger stern said fine you want to take it that direction finish it and I don't know why Mark Silvestri, very good artist. I love the art in this first three issues. Also, I don't know if it was related or not, but he's not on the last issue either, which again make, makes me wonder what would Roger Stern have done? I, I can't help but think it would be different because the ending is just very... Ugh. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. The ending is very ugh, but so is most of... To me, I... I it did not work as well, and maybe it was because of the maybe it was ju just because of the ending, but it did not work nearly as well as the Fantastic Four X Men did. Right. But again, right. I used to read the Fantastic Four. I used to read some X Men. I didn't read any Avengers, mainly because of all this stuff that that I talk about: instantly fight, self righteous, all of this. But it was bad. Yeah. Well. And, and, you know, I know you've mentioned that one of the reasons you, you you don't really like like Justice League or Avengers is because you got characters that have their own books where they're not really allowed to play with all their toys in, in Avengers, for example. Mm -hmm. Captain America, own comic. Mm -hmm. Iron Man, own comic. Thor, own comic. Well, in this instance, what, what Roger Stern did was did a marvelous job building, mm -hmm. I think, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. Uh -huh. Then you get Black Knight. Then you get... Janet Van Dyne, it's uh, you know the wasp. At one person, at yeah. one time, is also the chairperson you, uh, of the Avengers. And you, and with, and you, with have, the, you have to do ahead. that. To, I I agree with what you're saying. Yes, you have to do that to make it interesting. It's the reason Wanda and Vision, her vibrating automaton, could grow throughout <laughs> the uh. grow throughout the arc because they were just in that. So 
the writers of Avengers could use them and they could do whatever they wanted with them because it did not affect their solo books. Because you can't have Captain America do something in an Avenger book that's going to affect his other book. That's the reason why I personally, one of the reasons I personally think X-Men worked so well is because they can, they, that was, it's a team, it is strictly a team book. And the same with Fantastic Four, it's strictly a team book. Even though sometimes they have their own stuff, what goes on in the book is what happens with the characters. So if Sue Storm rips off all her clothes, dives in the ocean, and fucks Namor for six months, that happened. Sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know where you go ahead. I, I'm just, ahead. I'm just, still, no, I know. I know. The, the whole, just her, and she explodes out with so, her force field and then her clothes fly off. I, her clothes never fly off when she uses an, a force field. Was it, was it a force field she built from under her clothing? She's, you want, okay, I'm going to go nerd. Her clothes are specifically designed, her Fantastic Four uniform is specifically designed to work within her powers so they don't fly off when she's doing un, it. Un, unstable molecules, right? That's so right. That, they yeah. don't explode so, off so she's not running around naked. I, I think you, I think we just need to have a podcast about Invisible Woman in, in, her, all her different uniforms because she's had some interesting choices. But you're right. That okay. That's going back to that other one. I was going to say all, about the X Men too. That was another reason Chris Claremont had free reign mm-hmm. over these characters. And remarkably, somehow nobody at Marvel. Wolverine was one of the most popular characters in the '80s. I think mm-hmm. un, un, undoubtedly uh, yes. in all of comic book fandom. I mean, he was right up there with Spider Man, mm-hmm. Superman, Batman back then. It wasn't until like '88 or '89 that he got his solo book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. They, they, when the, those those characters that had their own books, comic books, there was only so much you could do. And, and yeah, so I don't know what I wanted to add. Oh, yeah, just the Wolverine thing I wanted to add on. Did you like, I, I was really enamored with, interested in learning more, and of course you, you don't, about the, the Soviet super soldiers. I thought they were really cool characters. And you get, I made a point of writing these down. You get Darkstar, Ursa Major, this guy called the Gremlin that's in Titanium Man, the Crimson Dynamo. No, um, I, I think it was the Red Guardian. I, I thought it, I, I, hmm, Vanguard. No, because he didn't have the little red star. It was he had the hammer and sickle. Remember? I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was the Red Guardian. Oh, really? Okay. I thought they were I, I cannot him believe else. I cannot believe I pulled you offside with that joke. On I think this is the third fucking podcast. Oh my god. Okay. Gosh <laughs> darn it. God damn it. I just I just inverted it. It was Vanguard. Okay, leave me alone. It was the you're crim- not nice. It was the Crimson went- Dynamo. Yes, it was a Crimson Dynamo, and it okay. made me laugh because every time there actually is a Crimson Dynamo. Okay. Anyways, I really liked the characters. I thought they were cool, and I, I and- liked the vibe play with them about the fact that one of them is this anti mutant thing, and most of them are mutants. It's like, hey, asshole, we're mutants. Yeah, he's anti mutant, and he's like a KGB agent, and they don't trust him. Because he's a, a bigot and he's part of the, the problem. There he's yes. KGB. Yes. So and he also he sinks a ship, I think, right? Yeah. And, and blame, tries to blame it on Magneto or Yes. Uh so yeah, then it so it ends with he he gets the tech, he's on trade, but then he decides to stand trial. He promises then he's wor- Yes. He promises ahead. when he stands trial that he will even though he could escape and he could do what he does, he promises to abide by the court's judgment. But then he uses the tech on one of the judges, right? Yes. He makes that judge go back to the beginning of the thing 
where he said that the court did not have standing because he was a sovereign of a country, a, a group of people, and they did not, this was an act of war, and they did not ascribe to the Geneva Convention. Therefore, he did not recognize that they could try him. I mean, it was horseshit. It was, it was, you want to talk about a loophole and yeah, cop that, that's out both, and, and they denied it in the very beginning. In the end, that's what the, that's what the chief of the court used to find him to, to say, well, you, you can go along your merry way. I can, we can't, we can't do anything about you. So it was, yeah. uh, it was crap. Yeah. That whole last issue. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really bad. And he's back to being, I mean, he's basically, well, they might kill me and, and then, People are going to go nuts, and he was he was sure that the guy was a mutant, and and he was going to find him guilty because he was a mutant because he wanted a big thing, and it was something he would have done. And man, Magneto is a good guy. I it just this is the we keep reading this stuff with him as an X Men and helping advise the X Men, and I'm like, he's not a good guy, even as a good guy. And I mean, I know they're playing it that way purposely, but still, yeah, it's a hard sell. Yes, it is. I I feel like they did it. I mean, it wasn't just like in one issue. I don't feel like back then that all of a sudden he turned on a dime. He did a heel turn. Very good. Very you, good. Is it right, Charles? Except, you see what I did? Except he was always a heel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anything else about this? Look, I like I said, uh, I really wish Roger Stern could have finished whatever the heck he was planning to do. Cause, and I don't know that I, I didn't do a deep dive. To see what it would have been. What you took uh, yesterday off. Didn't you spend it all day diligently preparing for our podcast today? No, I didn't. I didn't uh, spend all day doing errands, which was okay. fine. Better than working. Yes. Um. Anyways, so yeah, there you go. One out of two. And, and the Avengers one wasn't... Well, no, it was. It was just bad. I just did not enjoy the, it. I was going to throw you a bone. I just didn't enjoy it. I There were some redeeming things in it, but dense text, fighting immediately, could have just had a conversation. The X-Men being so completely fucking wrong, which, by the way, constantly the X-Men are just fucking... Well, he's a mutant, so we have to protect him. No, you don't have to protect this fucking person that's murdering people. You do have to protect the person that lashes out when a group of people attack them. That's different, but sometimes it's the other way around. And I, Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not a black and white guy, but you got to get pretty far into shades of gray bef- before there's morality is not just black and white, but a lot of times it is black and white. And unfortunately, with the way they do things in a comic book, sometimes it's glaringly obvious what the right thing to do is. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm going to say I get 2.5 or something. Or no, you three did out of four Because I, I like was... I liked... I like this, like like I said, the started so strong, and then God, then you end you ended in a courtroom. It was just like wah wah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So then, for something completely different, you suggested we read Runaways, the yes. comic book, not yes. a biography or you know, whatever about the band from the late seventies, the comic book runaways. And I'll just say off the top, I enjoyed it to the point where I borrowed the second volume and was going to probably read it this weekend. Haven't, haven't no. So very good. I'll let you, if you want to take a shot at a synopsis or it's pretty easy. Yeah. I I'm glad you, I'm glad you got, I, I'm glad you liked it and I'm glad you got the next one. Cause it does, it, it kind of cliffhangs there at the end of the, six issue arc that we read 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we, we, and it's, I mean, it's really starting to get good because they've been built, they're building this up. The whole premise of this is it's a group of kids that end up together once a year because their parents have a charity, supposedly. And they all live in California. They are all affluent. All their parents have different different types of jobs and different things, including one whose parents are movie stars. And we don't know what the house, the Wilders do. They, they don't go into that at this point, but they have a nice fancy house with everybody's going to meet over there and they're going to get together in a, in, in the locked office and they're going to distribute funds. And then one of the comments, one of the, one of the kids makes to their parents is why do you do this? Most, most things, most charities are big galas and they do this. And she says, well, because we do it because a good charity, you do it in secret and the money gets distributed in secret. So they all finally get drug in. They're in the game room deciding on what they're going to do. And they're basically a bunch of teens that don't want to hang out with each other. And yeah. Alex Wilder, the son of the host parents says, well, we could spy on our parents. And he points out that this house has secret passageways. So they go down a secret passageway and then they watch their parents who are mem who are an organization called the pride. They watch them sacrifice a girl around the same age as they are to something. And they freak justifiably the fuck out. And they go racing back and pretend to play twister because they make a lot one of them screams when they murder it the parents get wind of it and they go go rushing in and they're playing twister and there is a very young girl she's about what 12 yes 11 12 or something. yeah 11 12 about yeah. to be a very early teenager I think. yeah uh she they they took her out the daughter of the the actors takes her out so she doesn't witness neither one of them witness the murder and so they rush back in and they start pretending to play twister so they don't know they freak out they don't know what to do they don't tell molly the little girl and then they they agree to meet up later and talk about it yes everybody sneak has out. to leave they, yeah sneak out and meet up later and when they do talk about it they decide that they're going to tell the police so they call the cops and nothing happens the guy thinks it's a prank at the end of the second issue this was the first issue. At the end of the second issue, you find out that the prank call was reported to someone who then calls the Wilders and calls them sire and says, we got a call. What do, The question is, because when Wilder answers, he, he answers, you know what time it is? And the response was, "I, I it's 421 in the morning. And do you know where your children are? And yeah. that's, he says, sire, they've called and blah, blah, blah. So then the parents know. It, it's just fun because then they get, there there's a battle they decide that they're going to go get molly then rescue them and all along the way they're finding different things about each other go ahead you want to talk no 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 there's a lot i mean we can talk about everybody yeah. and it, i was just going to say so a couple things off the top it was written by brian k vaughn uh-huh who we know from why the last man mm -hmm. right yes amongst amongst other things amazingly less art. sexist yeah he hadn't really gotten yeah. into his... Sorry. I was going to say, this is pretty early on for him, right? I don't 2003? know. 2003? Well, that was 2003. Well, okay, this, I don't know, but. this comes out in 2003. Adrian Alfona... That's around when Why the Less Man was coming out. Okay. Because that was Adrian still... Remember, Bush, Bush was the president. It was after 9-11. Right. Yeah, sorry. You're right. Go ahead. You're right. Okay. Uh, Adrian Alfano, who I'm not terribly familiar with at all uh, before this, uh, did the art. It's, it's great art. It is uh, really good uh, art. Really cool covers too, because the, the, they have the covers in the collection. Yes, I remember, and I was going to mention. I remember when this came out. 
And I want to say I picked up the first couple issues and I was like, eh. And I don't know why. Maybe you, it was because I thought it was too cool for school or it was for it, teenagers. I, I can see that. But based on our, our age, it was definitely for teenagers. And in 2003, we were we were definitely younger. adults and sure of ourselves as adults. I, yeah. I picked it up later. as And plus, if you picked up the first couple of issues, it takes a little bit before it really... that you could, Because the first one is just kind of... It is just a teenage thing. Although ending on the murder would have hooked me. Yeah, the sacrifice yeah. that I and I think that's why I read the first couple issues, and I also remembered and I looked it up. I looked, I did look this up. This was part of a, an imprint in Marvel at the time called Tsunami, which okay. was Marvel's attempt to, to capitalize on the ma- manga crowd. And um, I don't know if you realize that because I don't see manga very much in the this, covers. If I'm saying that right. The covers, okay. Literally, it, there was a, end of end of. Now that you mention it, the covers look kind of manga. Okay. But it was no. part Runaways. There's a there was a comic book I liked called Sentinel, which was like this kid finds a Sentinel and builds it back up, like the robot uh, mutant hunter. Okay, I aren't think. these aren't there aren't though a lot of the manga based uh, teenagers doing stuff? Right. So that, that might be what they they meant. Let's capitalize on the fact that who knew? I mean, kids like to read about themselves. What a concept. Right. There was I don't also know why mis- I'm doing Seinfeld. Anyway. There, there was also a Mystique one, which I remember really liking the covers of that, because Mystique and mm-hmm. I always liked that character. Well, X20, but anyways. X-23 joins them at some point down the line. Oh, nice. Okay. Briefly. Okay. okay. And the, other thing, does. the other thing I was going to say is, what a great freaking idea for a comic book, which is yes. also why I'm kicking myself with why I picked up the first couple <laughs> issues and was like, eh. But, you know, the whole... It's just a great premise. I mean, it really like like how you almost are wondering like how had no, nobody thought of this until this point, but nobody had, and they do a beautiful job of this. Cloak and dagger. Yeah, I mean, but the, but the parents being bad guys thing. No, I know. Okay, that's okay. Fair. Yeah, with the that's parents being I mean. bad. Yeah, okay, I got you. I was like runaways. It's living on the street. Cloak and dagger. Anyway, no, no, no. no you're right. No, I, you're I get, right. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. You are correct. I don't think anybody's done that. They've had bad parents, but not the our parent. My parents are murderers. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you're right. And then they're on the run. They're mm-hmm. like this whole and they're trying to figure out where can they turn to? Can they turn to nope, not the cops. And then Well, well, first they they go, go to find the body cuz they have no proof, so they want the proof. And Gert's parents have have taken the body with them. And so they go to Gert's place and they find a locked room and they open the locked room and in it out jumps a raptor. The velociraptor. The velociraptor. And hijinks ensue briefly. Turns out the raptor when that opens, all of a sudden, a hologram of her parents come out and they say, oh, so you're dead. Now that we're dead, and I guess you didn't know about this, but clearly someone told you how to get in or we told you at some point how to get into that. The password was pride on a key punch right. pad, which was just, it, as they said, well, my mom's password is password. Parents don't yeah. really know what they're doing with that kind of stuff. And that was a very 2003 thing, too. Yeah. We, we, none of us knew that we needed, uh, anyway, this velociraptor does anything she wants, but they also said, and there's a diary, but you're going to need to, a a book explaining everything, but you need to decipher it with the, with the decoder ring that was given to you by, and that was the young ladies. I can't remember her name, her parents who are the actors. So they go to their house in Malibu or wherever. Carolina Dean. I have these written down. Go ahead. Carolina. And they go to their house and they do, they do not find the ring, but they do realize that she's an alien because she's been wearing a bracelet that suppresses her powers. And they talk her into 
taking it off and she can float. They put it back yeah. on her. They go somewhere else. They go to what's his name's house. But they decide they have to go get Molly because they can't leave Molly. I, yeah. They can't leave this little girl with these monsters. Well, speaking of Molly, there's this whole thing in these first few issues where Molly's <laughs> wanting to talk to her dad about, hey, I want to talk to you about, I wanted to talk to mom. Mom told me to talk to you because she's like 12, 13 uh-huh. and look, she's a young woman. Yes. She's going through some changes. Clearly, maybe? all of us think that she is getting her first period. Right. Or, or in, about in, to. Yes, including talking to Gert at one point. Now, I mean, Gert was positive that was what it was. It's just like, oh, you'll be all right. Sorry. Just... There's a very funny line at the beginning because she's like, well, mom told me to talk to you because you're a doctor, dad. And, and her dad goes, she's a doctor too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and so I just thought that was really funny. But then it turns out, well, let's start with Molly. It turns out Molly's a mutant. And yes. I'm not... Her dad is some kind of a telepath, maybe? And she's what? I don't even know what... She, at this point, I'm not she, even sure what her powers. Oh, is. Her, her power is strength. Strength. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's right. You're right. Because Prince, they call her something. That's right. They call her Bruiser. Bruiser. Uh, what's his name? The uh, surf dude. The jock. Lacrosse. Chase. Chase. Chase Stein. Chase calls her Bruiser at the end, because they're all picking names at the end. Yeah, calls that's right calls her bruiser and she goes but i want to be princess powerful and it was adorable uh, uh-huh and speaking of that dude chase is just a, a jock who hits his dad in one of the like the first issue like they're no no having... his dad hits him oh i thought he hit his dad okay. no his dad his dad beat him up oh god no okay, his so... dad no no because remember later when he does it again when they they're back at his place and his dad beats the crap out of him again oh my god i thought I, okay i'm gonna I, th- I don't know. I thought because he... because when he comes to, they said your dad because they, he comes to in the van as they're driving away, and he says something. And he says, "Yeah, your 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 dad your dad knocked you knocked you out," and he said, "Yeah, I, I'm sure I deserved it," or something like that. Because this is something that happens a lot. His dad beats him. He's a bad man. Right. Not, I mean, not, they're all not... bad people. They sacrifice teenage girls once a year. Yeah. And so in I mean, his, they're, they're real his bad. Par- his parents are are tech, right? Yeah, they're so tech. Every, everybody's parents got a little different. Yeah, so they Molly's have their parents, own thing. Molly's parents, mutants, I think, or at least one of them. Chase's dad is like big into tech, and he's got this whole shed where there's just all sorts of high powered mm-hmm. armory tech, like there. the fist, like the fistigons that yeah, Chase gets right, and then um. Gertrude, you mentioned the Yorks. Gertrude York has telepath diner. Her parents are time travelers, apparently. Yes, her parents are time travelers. Yes. Uh, and Nico Mino, Minor, uh-huh. Minor. They're magic Minoro. Yes, I put sorcerer, sorcery yeah. down. And then Alex Wilder, I think just mastermind. His dad is like a strategic genius because I'm not getting any sense that there's any superpowers there, just that he's a. He's just a crime boss. Yeah. Yeah, like he's a, a crime like boss. A, Lex he's, Luthor. He's literally a crime boss. Yeah. That's that's what he do. So they do a really good job introducing all this, getting it laid out. And you're right. They cliffhanger the shit out of this at the end because parents are going scorched earth. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they want their kids to come back home because they're thinking. Dead or alive, basically. They yeah, thought they were going to hand it. They, they, they were all. They keep talking about how, oh, well eventually they have to know and they'll know what we're doing and then they'll be part of it because there are kids and no now they're scorched earth uh, a yeah. matter of fact at one point they they were going to kill gert saying well you were the one we we always thought was expendable of all the kids you're the expendable one that's oh, some Jesus. harsh shit yeah right a little uh, bit 
I I loved in the very first thing when Gert attacks for the first time and she's super strong because she pulls Caroline's mom also has the same powers and she was threatening them all and Molly shoves her knocks her out pushes her through throws her through the wall and she lands in the pool drowning and they're all looked at her shocked and then she sits down and goes I'm sleepy part of her powers is she uses them one like anybody that has that kind of stuff she, she's gonna have to eat more and secondly it exhausts her because she's growing so anytime she anytime she quasi hulks out she then falls asleep that's 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 great yeah okay. no it really is a it's really awesome and it was cool to to having read a lot of this further on that's a constant thing with her and it was neat to see it i mean literally the first time i'm sleepy <laughs> And just out it just like immediately. A, like a light. Yeah. Immediately they already knew that was gonna happen. And I, I like that in comic books, even when it's just a little thing that then becomes something. You know what I mean? That they yeah. got that aspect of a character that's gonna happen later. If you go back and look, there I, I love it when they drop the foreshadowing of stuff and stick with it. I know this isn't the same thing as like the hey, there's the because sometimes you can read things like what you've talked about Claremont doing way yeah. 40 issues before or just there's this little it. tiny thread and the next thing you know it explodes 40 issues right. later when everybody's forgotten oh it's, so the parents and here's the aspect that i think look i'm going to read more of it I, i'm yeah. pretty sure it's going to be the classic where the bad guys don't think they're the bad guys right the, 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 the good superheroes i mean the good supervillains always think they're somehow doing right you know are they just bad people I, th- there's a reason behind what they're doing but they okay. are I mean, they know they're not good guys. Come on. Okay. They're, well, because they are killing. They're they're doing a, the ritualistic sacrifice, which is never yeah. good. Yeah. That's, when you do human sacrifice, you're a bad person. And the other things yeah. they're into, and they, they they talk about the do-gooders are going to get them, and and we're smarter than that because they are way under the radar. Yeah. I mean, apparently they've existed for a while, right? Yeah, and nobody knows what's going on. So another cool thing. Uh, okay, going back to the very first issue, issue or issues, first issue where they're meeting. The other cool aspect of this at the very beginning is, is you know, when you would go to like your dad is invited to his boss's house for a barbecue when you're a kid, or you're going over to the relative's house that you see maybe once or twice a year, and you're you're forced to interact with these other kids that are not quite all the same age as you. Or some are, but you don't know them that well, and it's just awkward, and you're trying to be friendly, or maybe not, or somebody's being an ass, or a dick, or, or somebody's trying to be nice to everybody. It's just, it was a really interesting dynamic that made me think of mm-hmm. it stuff was well done. when I was a kid. Yeah, it was it was good. It was... Everything about it is just, just it, it's really a good comic book overall. Well, to the point where they decided to make it into a TV show, right? Yeah. That I've never watched they one did. episode of. Okay. Was it Okay. It was okay. Did you watch? Okay. I don't think I ever finished it. Okay. To give you an idea, I the first they they stray greatly ish. I it, okay. it, it's completely different, but the same. But it's different, and I like well, the comic a lot better, which is always true. I was gonna say, I guess the human sacrifice. You know, we were talking. Last oh no, they pod, do that in the in the in the show. Oh yeah, they do the human sacrifice in the show. 
Okay. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I was just thinking, I was about to say out loud, maybe this is, you know, age appropriate for youngins. But then I was like, yeah, the human sacrifice at the very beginning is kind of over the top. Because yeah. you remember, we were suggesting comic books to James. Yeah. And his daughter's very young. I mean, I forget it. I mean, seven. early elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. So. Yeah. I don't know that. But, I don't know that the no. human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. One, get, no. get, 10 or 11. Get her to be Molly's age. Right. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I, he's, he's welcome to have her read that. I mean. They don't censor things in there. Right. It's like people I know who's, when they were like in elementary school, their parents were taking them. I won't name names. I'll protect the innocent. Like taking them to see Full Metal Jacket. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like I remember being shocked. We would go over to to one of my aunt's houses. It was really my mom's aunt, but the the age difference was weird. Um, She was much older. your aunt. She's your great aunt. Yeah, she's my great aunt. But- that's what when I was a kiddo, we saw all manner of R-rated stuff over there. For some reason, when we were at my aunt's house, it was okay. And I saw Purple Rain. I saw the first Terminator over there because I was not allowed to go see R-rated movies at the theater. But at Aunt Martha's house, okay, go for it. Anyways, I don't know how I got on that tangent, Charles. I, I really liked it. I don't know if there's anything. Oh, go, if there's anything else, I got a couple other notes, I guess. No, go ahead. What do you got? What do you got? Just that that the parents are so keen on getting them to come back to them mm-hmm. alex wilder's dad or the pride frame him for the murder of this human sacrifice oh that's right i forgot they put the they put the now he controls a the, part everything. of the lapd the right. alex wilder's dad they put the the girl in his bed dead and and then they also are framing them for kidnapping. Well, actually, they're not framing them for they did kidnap Molly. Yeah, based on although Molly is chose to go with them, so they didn't kidnap her. So, but yes, it, it can look like they they went into her house, they took her. She the twelve year old didn't run away with these teenagers. They kidnapped her. So yeah. it is just yeah no they're they're awful 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 awful. Now it was it was like I said really good. Like I said, to the point where I immediately borrowed the next volume, and I still I just haven't gotten to it. I'll, like I said, I'll get to it this weekend, yeah. and probably just run through it. I also noticed if I'm reading my 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 internet interwebs correctly, didn't have a as long a run as I maybe would have thought. I mean, I guess no, nothing really does anymore, right? No, um, it didn't have a super long run, but they did bring it back. They brought it back a number of times, and they yeah. they bounced some of the characters around into other things, so they okay. exist. But yeah. no, it, it didn't. It didn't go on for a super long time. But it went along. It went along. Uh, it it went yeah. long enough that it was really. It got, gets a chance to be really fun. And then when they came back, they they did they did some stuff. I was reading that. I don't think I ever finished that part of the arc with the comeback because that was some interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, we didn't mention no. that after they after they went away from. Picking up Molly, the parents found a piece of paper dropped on the floor talking about how I still believe in my parents. Just know I'm on y'all's side. I'm loyal. And it didn't have a name on it. So they don't know who it is. Who do you think it is? I, I was going to say, thank you for remembering that. First You're of all, welcome. I, well, I just, since that. I know who it is, I want to know if you do. I'm not going to tell you. I just want you. Who do you think it is right now? Alex Wilder. Okay. Why so? Because he is the the, the the son of the strategist, and he okay. wants to have an in with the pride, and eventually he's going to try to be a double agent. Okay, cool. That's my that's my. And I could be completely wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I, I think the easy the other easy one would be Molly because she's so young, but mm-hmm. it just it just doesn't. I don't make think sense she's old to, enough to know how to write. Apparently, well, yeah, because she's only Wait, twelve. I don't know. I don't know anything about children. 
how does how do kids work anyway? It's also just really glaring to me too. Why leave that note and not put a name on it? Like, just hey, you know, I'm on your side. Love Gertrude. Love Nico. Yes. Love whatever. Psych- just, well, just that's like, no. You know why you why you do that? What if one of your teammates picks it up? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I explained yeah. the reason. The reason you do that is because it works better for the comic than it does in reality. Okay. Right. No. Yeah. That 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 that's why. Because it's a it's a something that the writer did to make for a better comic. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but the I'm answer tra- but no. in the world is he'd be a af- he or she would be afraid that the one of their teammates would pick it up gotcha well that makes sense okay no yeah. no okay hey and then it would be uh, right. pointing figures at everybody else and cause strife so it could actually be a, a win-win if they'd have gone that direction i i could see them writing it like that so i'm glad you liked it very i did much like so. it yeah i did i was uh i'm not gonna say pleasantly surprised because i heard good things about it after i just ditched it well i was gonna writers. say i i i did wonder if you'd like it because you had mentioned before that yeah i kind of read that and that's how you that that is that is as close to dead on a hov and Percy. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that. No, I, I did, I did, I did. I'm trying to think if there's any other stuff about this to mention, but I think I don't know. Really good. Uh, speaking, intro. Speaking of Brian K. Vong, Vaughn, okay. isn't he Saga as well? You're right. He totally did. You is. ever Holy finish crap. reading all the? Hell, hell no. Did you know I did? I've read you finished every, the whole thing. I well, no, they've started doing it again, and so as soon as there's a new graphic novel, I'll read that. But yes, I've read the whole thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You literally own every single one of those, right? I do. Okay, I was just checking. Okay, I've, I, you know what? I'm, I'm one of those people that can't help. Like, uh, it's, it's it's so sad. I will flip to the end of a book and read the last few pages to see how it ends, whether it's a novel. And I've done that with the saga collections i have to just see like okay what's gonna let me see if i can figure out what happens to this character let me what the I, it's, hell it's, i don't know what's wrong with me man it's so yeah but no i've not gone through and finished every page of and it's not like it's incredibly i mean it's 50 issues i think or, or somewhere total in the first three volumes because i think they left off in the f- issue number 50 something anyways no but brian k vaughn he also did did you ever read x how do you say this machina x machina no i have not it's the one where the mayor is kind of like a Iron Man type of superhero. Is the world's f- yeah? It was okay. Okay, it was all right. I really, take. I, I evidently really like him. Please do not. I'm glad you didn't Google him or anything before this episode. Oh no, that was a, that, why? That was, okay. No, 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 no. I nothing. It was okay. just, that was just a horrible like, shit. That was a horrible callback to. Don't tell me he no. me too. The no. The, gosh darn it. Okay. No, I didn't really. I didn't. Yeah. Until I actually opened up issue one, literally yesterday, I, uh, I, I I suggested we do this, and then I finished reading everything yesterday. I, oh wow! Yeah, well, I know comic books, picture books. So I I I, I was like, oh, it's Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, uh, I uh, did have a little problem because I had it. I borrowed it from Hoopla because it's kind of easy just to read the graphic novel, the six issues, and then you know what it is. But when I opened up my iPad for a large part of the day. My iPad was telling me uh, on Hoopla, it was saying, you're not connected to the internet. Here's the ones that are downloaded. I'm like, no, I am connected because I've been on the internet on my iPad all day. So there's something glitching on that. So I had to go and I read it on Marvel Unlimited. The problem, I've, there's a glitch in Marvel Unlimited that I don't like. Uh-oh, what? Well, and this is the second time because I recently did this. I was reading something. Oh, going to went back and reread something recently and found it did this. 
So when I opened it up, I've read it on there before, mm-hmm. opened up issue one, and it started on the last page. So I had to I had to tick it, click it, and then go all the way back to the front. And so every time I'll switch to the next issue, I have to click it and go all the way back to the first. Weird. The, yeah, and it's a pain in the ass. I, it I is, hate when stuff glitches like that. It, I've noticed... Uh, anyways. You should at least... You should at least... Uh, do you want to start from the beginning? Do you... I mean... I do have, there are some, they keep making these updates to Marvel Unlimited, and originally, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not, So, and that's the problem with any kind of update. Sometimes it messes other things up and they don't catch it or it's not as, but I do go back and that's one of the reasons I have this thing is to go back and reread comics that I really like and get to be able to do the entire arc without having to hunt volume after volume from the internet. I can just, like I'm, I am still, I, I took a break. But I'll go back and continue X-Factor because I started reading something called Bombshells on Hoopla. This is not my suggestion. Okay. Yet. What is that? It might be. Uh, it is, they came out with a line of pinup art superheroes from World War II. And they, they had all of these like Wonder Woman and Huntress and all of the, a lot of the female characters, the, the, the women superheroes that DC has, and they did them as kind of, kind of pinup art from World War II era. Okay. They wrote, they then, after that was popular and did that, they said, what the hell? And they did a comic and it's really good because they gave, they hired, thank God, they hired a woman to write it and she, oh, it was, it's really good. And it's, it's, it's Marvel. No, it's DC. That's DC. I sorry, said wonder. It's okay. I, I may suggest this at some point, but it was. Okay. It's really good. I I just came across it, and I I actually started reading it before I knew where it came from because I it popped up and it said bombshells. Looking at something else while I was looking at stuff, and I'm really enjoying it. I I read the entire first one, and then I think I'm on the second, and I think there's three of them. So okay, cool. I, that that was what stopped me from X Factor for a while, but I'll get back to that. So speaking of. Uh, well, first off, we have a email that y'all are quite welcome to send to us. You or you can just go to our website that Patrick put up, my brother Patrick put up, which is havandcharles.com, J-A-V-A-N-D-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And there's a link on there that you can just put in an ask or a comment and it'll send it directly to our email address, which is Hav and Charles Talk Comics at gmail.com. That's Hav and Charles Talk Comics at gmail.com. Correct. Yes. And Hav gets very, very excited when we get email. I do. Which I absolutely love. It's great. I act like like it's like the, what, late 90s when when getting an email was kind of a big deal. (laughs) Early 2000s, maybe for, for, no, late 90s, I guess. Anyways. I got an email. Somebody emailed me. Now your friends don't even email you. They just fucking text you. Right. I mean, email. I, I just was telling Julie the other day. I don't even know why I have a personal email anymore. Because well, it's just a bunch of. It's it's more now. It's turned into like more regular what snail mail used to be. It's yes. where I get my notifications. I was of say, certain I bills. Get, and, I get my bills. I get. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have multiple personal emails for different things. Yeah. That sounded weird. I I have two. One for my personal stuff that uh-huh. like important, and then one that is just a spam. Basically, ah. so I can sign up when I sign up for things that I know they're going to just bombard me. It goes there. Yeah. So that's yeah. where all the porn site stuff goes. Okay. So we got an email? No. Gosh darn it. 
I did I say we got an email? No, I said I don't you get. No, really you kind of said I get excited, but yeah, oh, but okay. I, I that's I didn't I even try to pull you off sides and got you there. I know. I just I just in case. Okay. Yeah, so that's how you get in contact with us. Please yes. feel free if you got any suggestions or anything or or have any you know, like James had a question about what to to suggest we what we would suggest for his young daughter to read and yeah. I think we And I think that's a, through. I think that was a really wise thing to ask to middle-aged men without children. Right. We we are <laughs> here for all parenting questions. If you want to ask a question about how you should parent your child, we are here. We are happy to give our opinion and we will completely understand if you completely and totally ignore our opinion and then make fun of us later yes because the the the, what we should have done is that james there's these comic books there's one called the killing joke and there's one called the boys (laughs) and you need to have francis read your daughter read both of those right away don't don't ever don't look at them just give them to her it's fine holy crap that would have been bad. Yes, um, it would have been. So uh, what? All, we, we, we should talk about. You, what we, you, well, before we do that, before oh. are you all caught up on the boys and Miss Marvel? I am caught is up on Miss Marvel. I've watched all of Obi One, and I don't know. Where, I I watched Hero Gasms, the last boys I watched. I think the new one came out to yesterday. Yeah, so there you go. Same. Okay. Okay. Uh, me too. I'm 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 enjoying everything. Of course. Uh, and then have Stranger you, Things dropped. Have you finished Obi One? Yes. Okay. It was awesome. I have. I enjoyed it. It was awesome, but oh, never, yeah. Okay. okay. Just kill him. What? I know you can't because of, you know, he didn't kill him when he cut off all his limbs back then, and then he has another shot to just end him because he beats him again like a like a drum, and then doesn't kill him again. I get it. It's his. It's his. His, his I, boy. He he can't. And he can't. He can't kill him. I know. Or he can't that. finish him off. If he'd have killed him during the fight. It would be different. And boy, you want to talk about something that that worked. I I read this online. This is not my realization. This is somebody else did this. The whole attacking his chest plate the way he did. Yeah. It then explains why it was such a different fight in A New Hope. You remember they at no point did Darth Vader ever get away from protecting his chest plate. That's true. That's a good point. And you also, you know, the the other nice thing that they did, because, you know, I know one of the big gripes was Obi-Wan lying to Luke or, or his version of the truth. You get you get Darth, Anakin, Darth saying, I killed him. I killed Anakin there. And so, yeah. you know, and then you got the nice. Oh, I didn't even realize on that that he can say a, a young a, a young Jedi that I trained named Darth Vader hunted down and murdered the Jedi, including your father. And yeah. That I didn't realize how that worked. That that that's a good yeah. That's a good retcon. Okay. Except he did. I mean, that's the whole idea. He's now Darth Vader. He killed Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good. It just that. Of course, I always had to, that was. It was just like guy. Let's just end him. Put him out of his misery, maybe even. But no, you can't do that. Yes. Of course. Uh, no. Anyway, okay, that's it. I just wanted to ask about that since okay. we were talking. Oh. But no, what do you, do you do? You know what you're. I'm hoping you know what you're going to suggest. Yes. Yes, I do. Do you know what you're going to suggest? I'm hoping you know what you're going to suggest. I do. Who wants to go first? Go ahead. You want me to go? Yeah. I'm going to suggest reread X-Men Deadly Genesis. It is on Marvel Unlimited. It is from the, I want to say, early 2000s? No, mid-2000s. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You'll get to see what it is. I'll see. It. It's, yeah, it's interesting. So it's X-Men Deadly Genesis? Correct. Okay. Well, and just as a as a preview, 
you know, giant sized X Men, mm-hmm. where they introduce the international new team, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, giant sized X Men number one back way when, yes, where you get Wolverine and everybody. That's title of that, Deadly Genesis. Oh, okay. So, so is it so a throwback of, to then? Is it a? It it it, it is. It it, it but up to, it, is well, it you'll okay? See never mind. Look, is, I'm gonna I'm, look, okay. It's by, hold it, on. I'll say this. It's by Ed Brubaker. Okay. He's the one that did Winter Soldier. Okay. In in the comic books, I, I yes, and brought back you. Bucky. Uh-huh. So uh huh. So he there's I'll just say there's a red Is it a limited series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's six issues. Okay, I, I, that was more the information. So if I look up X Men Deadly Genesis, it'll pop up. And it's Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, no, I got you. Okay. And you, sir? Oh, I had, I don't know what I'm going to suggest. <laughs> uh... I I've decided that I would like t- us to read Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. That is on. It's Mark Millar and Frank Quietly. It is on Hoopla. What we're going to read though is the original, the first five issues. On this, it's that would be Jupiter's Legacy Volume 3 Netflix edition, because this is something that started in the new era. I'm so confused, but I'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you. It Okay. Have you have you watched the show on I did. Okay. I watched all of it. Okay. Well, yeah, the whole one season? They canceled it. Yeah. I mean we can talk about it next time, of course. Because yeah. I wasn't and overly I might, enthused. You didn't like it? it? It was. It just was missing something. Okay. Well, here I I emailed you the uh, which one it I texted you. Huh. I didn't email you. That's insane. The only Come time on. I the only time I email you is when I email you to get the link for the clean feed. Yeah. Which you're one of you're uh that means I have your email memorized. Kind of like if we were friends before cell phones, I'd have your phone number memorized. Right. Right. No. Nobody knows anybody's cell phone. Yeah. No. Number. The whole you said it's. It's volume three of the yeah. Netflix edition. Yes, because there's volume there's volume two of the Netflix edition. Volume four. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No. It's it's they they've done a lot, but the way this that was the that was the first five issues that were written of this, and that's the first published thing, because they did the they did this whole arc of the children of superheroes. That was the basis for it so there was a there was a group they aged they had kids their kids are adults and their kids are suffering from their parents fame but they're also superheroes in and of themselves and this is the comic so it's the same it's obviously the premise of the tv show the netflix show but this is the source material and i really liked this so okay we'll 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 see what you think Okay, and look, I I remember just so you know, Deadly Genesis. I'm recommending it because I remember liking it a lot yeah. when it came out, but I have not read it since. Back well, it was in, in the, the t- mid 2000s. It, it, it was in the 2000s, so I'm probably going to lean towards it'll be better than yeah. It was this millennia. Yeah. So it's got that going for it, which is which is nice. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. All right. Oh no, well, Charles! You thank you so much. No, thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast again with me. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll do one more of these here soon. Uh, right? Yes. Hopefully, we will get together and do the podcast we just planned to do again soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you. Thank you, as always, to Patrick for uh, helping out as you always do with the site. I don't know if there's anything you do nowadays besides maintain it and own it, which is cool. Uh, and thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, I know I, I, I think I can speak for Charles. I know uh, we both really appreciate it. Uh, we do. 
Thank you, Hav. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, all our listeners. Uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.